Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Waiting for snow in Havana. A whole host of folks said, you've got to read the book. You're going to love it. I did read it, and I do love it. And the author of the book is Carlos Ayer. Professor Ayer, it's great to have you in Philly. Oh, thanks for inviting me to be on your show. When I read the book, and I, I can't imagine that I'm the first who will say this to you, it is it, my soundbite. It is Kite Runner for Cuba. <laughs> Well, uh, quite often people compare the two books, and they came out about the same time, so the comparison has been constant. Well, it's high praise, yeah. because I thought that Khaled Hosseini's book, Kite Runner, was one of the best books that I'd ever read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, people keep telling me um, that, they've, that they have read the two books, and they keep comparing them, and they, they say, yeah, we like them both. So Your story... Your story, it's, it's, a, it's a book about a young Carlos heir. It talks about your, your upbringing, your, your early childhood in Cuba. You were, what, 12 years old in 1962? 
I was 11 when I came to the U.S. I had just turned 11 a few months before I left. And you were one of 14,000 unaccompanied children airlifted out of Cuba in Operation Pedro Pan. That's right. Yep. Um, it's a book about, I mean, how, how do you summarize it? The heck with what I think. How do you summarize your own book? Well, the, the book actually uh, ends when I leave Cuba. So it's, and I have a few flash forwards to my life in the U.S., but very few. It's really a, a childhood story. And um, I tried to um, make it as universal as possible, while at the same time grounding it in a specific time and place. Uh, to give, I, I didn't have uh, a specific audience in mind other than an audience that probably knew very little about Cuba. And um, I wanted to use the story at several different levels, but one of the levels that I had in mind uh, was basically to let, pe- let the readers know about Cuba. And I'm very happy uh, that the book has turned out to be so successful and that it's been translated now into 11 different languages because this is spreading knowledge about what happened in Cuba. I've read a great deal about Cuba. I think that your book is is the best insight into that whole transition. And, uh, you know, moving from uh, Batista to Castro and, and what it really meant. And I guess the reason that it struck such a chord with me is that uh, my wife and I have four children. Mm-hmm. We live comfortably. I thought there were a number of similarities in terms of your childhood and the childhood that my own kids are now experiencing. And you might be interested to know that last night at the dinner table, I told your story to my six, nine and 10 year old and said, you know, Uh can you imagine going to the airport and waving so long to your mother and me not seeing me ever again and seeing your mother three or four years down the road? That's what happened to over 10,000 of us. Um, only about 4,000 of the 14,000 uh, were reunited with their parents uh, in a short period of time. Over 10,000 of us were stuck here. And our parents were stuck there because after the missile crisis of 1962, uh, the Castro regime would not allow anyone to leave. You had a very, you had a very difficult path, Professor, in the United States. You worked as a, a dishwasher, a grocery clerk, a factory assembler. And, I mean, the, the book does leave off just upon your arrival, although you tell us a great deal about your life in the, in the States as well. Well, I thought the story should end when I leave, but the story would make more sense if I had uh, a little bit in there about what happened in the future and just leave a big question mark over what happened in between. Um, it's one of the things about uh, writing that I picked up along the way. Suspense is good, <laughs> and leaving questions in the reader's minds is, is a good thing. My primary um, purpose in, in writing the book was to show the world, and I mean that literally, show the world that what happened in Cuba uh, was a great tragedy for all Cubans doesn't matter what economic status you're talking about. My family happened to be comfortable, but I know many people who grew up in, in, in shacks in the countryside with dirt floors who had exactly the same experience. Uh, the so-called revolution was a great betrayal of the vast majority of the Cuban people. Professor, I wanted to know more as I read the book about the, the fate of your father. I mean, I, I, I know that he passed. I know that your mother made it, but you, you didn't talk much about what was his life like after you left Cuba? Well, here's 
the um, the unvarnished truth. I really don't know because uh, our phone calls were limited to three minutes apiece, and someone was always listening on the other end. As a matter of fact, one time when my mom said, I miss you, to my father, the listener at the other end, the Cuban end, started laughing at her and insulting her. So we could never have a frank conversation, and the car conversations were limited to three minutes. All letters were opened and re-glued, and they were often re-glued in such a way that when you opened it, the paper ripped to shreds. So we couldn't communicate. Uh, I don't know what his life was like, but I do know this, uh, because I've met hundreds and hundreds of people my age whose fathers were stuck behind. Um, In order to leave Cuba, uh, fathers had to, quote-unquote, pay their debt to the revolution by... uh, working in in slave labor camps for two, three, four, five years before being allowed to leave. And my father had a heart condition. And, um, you know, I really don't know what went through his mind. I don't know what compromises he had to make. I don't know how miserable he was. Uh, He always put up a good front in his letters. But uh, the fact is, if he had wanted to leave, he would have had to work in a slave labor camp as many other fathers did. Um, You simply had to let go of everything, including your house and all your belongings. They'd be taken away from you, and uh, off you go to a labor camp. So any father who wanted to reunite with his family would have to go through that. This is Professor Carlos Ayer. The book, it's the hottest title in Philadelphia, Waiting for Snow in Havana, Confessions of a Cuban Boy... This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. 
Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors over 37,000 companies have already made the move so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. This is Professor Carlos Ayer. Uh, as I read the book, I, I mean, the relationship between you and your father was a bit strained. And I wondered if you were trying to tell me without saying it that you were concerned that he was more worried about those possessions, those antiquities, those valuables than he was in joining the family in the United States. Well, as a child and as a teenager and even into my early adult years, of course, that thought was always on my mind. Uh, it's very hard for children as they turn into adults to really comprehend what it's like to be a parent and the hard choices that parents have to make. Life is hard enough here in the United States. Life is just hard for most people. It's 10,000, maybe 10 billion times harder when you throw in war and revolution. Things get immensely complicated. So and now that I'm 56, and I have children of my own. I'm a lot more empathetic. My, what my father must have gone through. Well, there was a, there was a scene, professor, at the end of the book. It, I must say, it was hard for me to even read. Where you're at the airport, mm-hmm. and you know, there's the thick glass that you describe, what the fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, your father was uh, was uh, apparently not expected, not intended to to make that trip for the departure. And then you look up, and there he is. You know, I wish I had that part of the book in front of me with the baggy pants and his right. hands in his pockets. Well, what else could he do? That was the. Thing. But it just broke my heart to read that. I cannot imagine what that must have been like for an eleven-year-old boy. Yeah, and the uh, funny thing is that quite often, um, when people have sat down with me to talk about that part of the book, some people actually um, start to cry for my father. <laughs> yeah, because it must have been immensely difficult. For must him. have been. 
Professor Carlos Ayer, my guest, the author. Professor, you uh, you left Cuba in 1962 at age 11. You have not gone back, and it sounds as if uh, you're really not interested in going back because the Cuba of your youth will never exist again. Is that a fair statement? Yes, it is, but I, it's not just that I, I don't care to go back while things are the way they are. Right now, I can't, even if I wanted to, because my book has been banned, and I've been proclaimed an enemy of the revolution. Well, now now comes my confession. Are you ready? Yeah. January of 2002, I was in Havana. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was at the, uh, uh, what did they call it, the Palacio de la Revolucion. Yes. And I dined with the maximum leader. Uh Uh-huh. And when I came home, I I had a six-hour and 20-minute dinner with Fidel Castro. I was in the company of United States Senator Arlen Specter. When I came home and I I wrote at length about the experience, I received really angry letters from mostly Cubans who were uh, expatriates now living in Florida. Uh, Some of them were vicious, and I was never, you know, there as a supporter of Fidel Castro. My position has always been that the way to get rid of him is to trade because the embargo has been a failure. But here's what I've waited to say to, to Carlos Ayer. I I didn't feel remorse in reading any of the nasty letters, Mm -hmm. but when I read Waiting for Snow in Havana, I felt a tremendous sense of guilt for having broken bread with Castro. Well, I I thank you for saying that, and this is one of the reasons I wrote the book. The American press, uh, taken as a whole, there are notable exceptions, but taken as a whole, the American press has never reported the truth of what has gone on in Cuba. Never has. Part of the reason is that any reporter who is there and reports the truth gets kicked out. So this is what most Americans don't understand about a place like Cuba or a place like North Korea or even China, um, is that a place that has no free flow of information, what gets out mostly is false. Fidel Castro, for most Cubans, has the same place... Sorry, um, Fidel Castro for most Cubans has the same place in their minds and hearts as um, Hitler or Stalin. It's not the number of atrocities because Stalin and Hitler set such a high bar for atrocities that everyone else looks like a pygmy. But the fact is that the kind of atrocities that he has committed are not at all dissimilar from those of Hitler and Stalin. They had slave work camps where people were worked to death. Uh, People could be arrested simply for looking suspicious and spend years in in jail without a fair trial. It goes on to this day. Uh, He is not a visionary leader, as many like to think. Um, Most of us exiles, and I'm sure most people in Cuba, are um, literally sickened at the thought that anyone would break bread with this man, because for us... It would be the same as breaking bread with Hitler. Uh, And the world finds that difficult to understand because, well, in some places, um, such as in Canada, the man tends to be revered as a hero and a visionary leader. He was one of the pallbearers at the funeral for former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. He was intimate friends with Pierre and Margaret Trudeau and their son, Sasha, wrote a column which was published in, I can't remember which Canadian newspaper, when Fidel fell ill in July, 
the skies for all the wonderful things he had done. Professor Eyre, what what what's your thoughts, sir, on on the embargo? I mean, because my, my soundbite is that it it's fa- it, it has existed for one purpose, and it's been a failure in that regard. And that as we now look forward, because you know apparently it would seem that uh, uh, that his his death is at hand or uh, believed to be at hand. I mean, what, what should the future? What's the best way of making change? Best way of making change is to change the people who run the place. And now it's the military. It's a military dictatorship. But how do you do that, sir? I'm not sure. I I agree with you. The embargo has been a failure. But um, it's been a failure at many levels because it hasn't changed anything. It's also given Fidel uh, uh, an escape. He blames all the problems. Well, that's what I've written about. I mean, that's that's what I've written about, and 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 that's the conversation that I, I had with him. That that he was able to blame. I I I, I had the opportunity to say to him face to face that the best thing that ever happened to him was the embargo because it gave him an excuse to blame all the shortcomings of his Cuban uh-huh. society on the Americans. And he does repeatedly. I don't know what his response was to you, but he probably smiled. I don't know. I'm guessing. That is that was his response, and then yeah. relied on an interpreter that I don't think that he really required. Uh huh. Oh, he understands English. He he speaks English and understands it. He just likes doesn't like to. He doesn't like to speak the enemy's language. Well, I think again, I think that the the beauty of waiting for snow in Havana is that you get to know a, a Cuban family, a, a family that that's leaving a comfortable life, and then you get to experience with them the changes that occur on that island. And it was it was really insightful. I mean, and you, you're you so descriptive in the quality of life that you enjoyed and how one by one those things are taken away. I mean, you start out going to the same school as, as the Batista kids, right? Yep. And, and, you, and when the maximum leader, you know, rolls into town, you're there just to catch a glimpse. It's a remarkable history and insight into human dynamics. So for what it's worth, you've heard it from countless others. I'm giving you a major thumbs up. Thank you. <laughs> Professor Carlos Ayer, congrats on the book, and thank, thank you, you so much for being our guest. Oh, thank you for having me on the show. Thank, thank you, sir. You very much. Hey, that book, by the way, was a, a National Book Award winner. And if, if, if I gave you a tip, a recommendation on Kite Runner, and if you agreed with that tip, or if you just read Kite Runner, not because I recommended it, but for any other reason, let me make it more clear. If you read and enjoyed Kite Runner... This is a book for you, Waiting for Snow in Havana. A really, really good read. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program. Weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, 
Available now wherever you get your podcasts.